There's one magical, haunted evening each year when all the scary creatures come out to prowl through every neighborhood. But here's the scariest monster of all. Do you know why? This little witch doesn't know it. But she's taking some frightening chances of being hurt. Maybe badly hurt. Deep Dive Podcast. There will be lots of tricks and maybe a few treats in store. <laughs> so put on your mask, you know, for safety reasons. And listen if you dare. <laughs> It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! I am Dracula. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. <laughs> I am scared. Hello, demon divers. Yes, welcome to week one of Horror Month at the Deep Dive Podcast. Every week in October, my co-ghost, Amanda, and I will exhume some of our favorite fright flicks available on screaming services. (laughs) (laughs) I'm terrible Tom Feeney, writer for Wings Job Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. Joining me here... In Studio D for the first time in six, six months. months. The Mandalorian herself. Welcome back, Manda. Oh, thank you. Can we go with like malicious Manda? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay, cool. I am here in your house and suddenly it got bigger and we're in the studio and we're, wow. Yes. You, new and improved Studio D. New and improved. Yes, I've had some time to make necessary <laughs> repairs. We are socially distancing. Yes, we are. But we now have also, I mean, I have a desk now. Yeah. You gave me a chair this time. You got a chair. I'm so excited. See that? I don't have to sit in the floor anymore. That's right. So, uh, just a couple of things. Just some ground rules. Ground rules. Well, you know, just to stay safe. Yeah. Uh, just remember to keep your the six feet social distancing, sure, right? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, be sure to sanitize, of mm-hmm. course. And, and, and uh, wear that hazmat suit I gave you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just so brightly orange. I don't, like, it's not my color. Yeah, I mean, but come on. At yeah. least you'll be safe at night. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. I'm so excited. It's Halloween it's, Horror Month. Oh, this is the best. I'm so excited. This we is had always so much just fun. Oh, man, last year's was so much fun. It was great. And I was so excited to talk about everything that we're going to talk about that I like wrote everything down this time. Wow. I know I actually did work. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Starting so, it off great. So, a first here at the Deep Dive Podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. No. Well, you know, we should we should say thank you to everybody who's been listening to mm-hmm. us. And we know that um, it's, sometimes it's a little bit hard when you don't have the same audio that you're used to. Um, especially when I'm in my, you know, my disease-free bubble up in, you know, New Hampshire somewhere. Uh, but I'm so excited to be back here in the studio. It just feels good. It, it Yeah. It, it feels great. And you look the same, which is great. And I look mostly the same, which is great. Well, you know, I put on the uh, put on the quarantine fifteen apparently, but mine's like quarantine that, forty. But that, whatever, I, you know, <laughs> whatever. None of it counts because twenty twenty <laughs> is a wash. Yeah, I'm gonna pretend like twenty twenty didn't exist. Yeah, I think yeah. you know we just hit the reset button <laughs> and just be done with it. Can we do a Groundhog Day where we just don't go back? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just skip this. I think we. I think the entire year, everything should have a little asterisk next to it. Exactly. Saying, it was 2020. 2020. It doesn't count <laughs> at all. You know when people get together, like your uncles, and they say, "Hey, it was the 60s." You know, we we smoked a Bible. It was the 60s. Yeah, hey. The 60s doesn't explain all that, but the 2020 explains a lot of stuff. So if you say, "Hey, it was 2020," right? People are gonna be like, "Well, whatever." It was 2020. Yeah, it's be called Murphy's year because basically anything that could go wrong did, did. go wrong. <laughs> what so, do they what do they call the 20s um the roaring the 20s? roaring 20s ours might be something like the snoring 20s well i don't know it hasn't been 
very restful. Been, yeah, it hasn't been very restful <laughs> at all, so I don't know. Ugh, oh. So, I think you would agree with me. Is that, like, I think Halloween may be our favorite time mm. of year. Definitely. Starts October 1st. Yeah, and even earlier. First day of fall for me, so. <laughs> yeah. Then I go to Trader Joe's and buy all the pumpkin spice crap. Oh, Trader Joe's. There's way too much of that. Stuff mm-hmm. going on. Have you tried their squash pumpkins? Uh, their pumpkin and squash raviolis? Uh, yes, as a matter of oh, fact. A you know what I like to do? You know what I like to do with that? Uh, I like to like um, do a little brown butter and maple yes. syrup. Ooh, maple syrup. Yeah, and then I cut up some like chicken apple sausages and saute it together. Oh, it's wow. Really nice. Mm, have it with a nice hard cider. Yes, and that's this. That's it this week for food, right? Yeah, uh, food, folks, and fun. All right, thank quarantine's you. turning into an Emerald Argosy. Oh my God, yes, I'm in. You know, <laughs> Bam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bam, you get it. Bam, you get it. Uh, thanks, Emerald. But Halloween is here, and it's time for festival cheer. It is, but it's going to be decidedly different for folks this year. It will be yeah. uh, because we're you know currently living in a dystopian horror film as it is, <laughs> uh, and because of that, that's why we're going all out today. Oh yes, we are. That's right. Now, uh, I see, now that I can actually see, Amanda, uh, I see you're wearing a very interesting item right I'm now. I'm so glad that you noticed. Yes. I put a lot of effort and thought into this. And why, you may ask? Uh, uh, why? 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 Because I am now donning our brand new special limited edition Halloween deep dive uh, podcast t-shirts. It's really, really awesome. So I think I mentioned in the last couple of episodes where you can get them on our merch stand at our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. They are limited, right? Because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And while I can personally wear Halloween stuff all year round, well, yeah. you know, maybe some people don't feel like that. So while they're hot, while they're live, grab them now. And then you can tell all your friends. You can show your friends. You can mm-hmm. wear them. Well, when you're in your house. Yes, yes. Yeah. Only when you're in your house, though. Right, but everyone's in their house. Right. So they're going to wear them all the time. Exactly. So, I mean, and t-shirts are in right now. They really are. Because, you know, it's it's going along with, like, sweatpants. Yep, which I'm uh, also wearing right now. Slippers. Mm-hmm. And poor overall hygiene, I think, is, like, what's hot right now. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you know, you know we laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, check them out on our website, and we've also got a bunch of other ones that we've designed that are really cool. I mean, the the, the material itself is really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really affordable T-shirt. Shipping was really, really, and in fact, I I basically just paid myself. But um, oh, yeah. the shipping wasn't that bad. It came in a couple of days. It's comfortable to wear. Sizes mm-hmm. are pretty decent to yeah. what they match up uh, on the website, and you know, it just feels kind of cool representing something. Yeah, and that, if, and if it's successful, I mean, we we probably will see like a limited edition uh, Christmas one or holiday one. This as well. is the truth, you know. And as so. I mentioned, I mean, they're going to be pretty hot stuff flying off the shelf, the internet shelves, as it were. Mm-hmm. You know, so stay tuned. Absolutely. But take 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 a, take a look. Just take a look, and I think you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yes, but that's really nice. It's comfortable. I figured I should wear something clean. Yes, uh, but please, whatever you do, don't turn it into one of those ridiculous neck gaiters that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> neck gators i have so many things but i digress uh, yeah yeah yeah. no yeah. i understand <laughs> ah so let's get to the nitty-gritty shall we we shall our, for our first episode in this horror month series we thought we'd tackle something topical something current something on everyone's mind foot and cream I'm, no no i'm not t- and i'm not talking about the imminent return of the mandalorian on disney plus this month <laughs> very very excited Ooh. about that no, no. We are referring, in fact, to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic that has infected, as of this recording, over 34 million people and one American president. <laughs> I won't. I shouldn't laugh. No. Well, but, I mean, you, come on. You you get you get one. Uh, pandemics, outbreaks, contagions and the like have been fodder for Hollywood fever dreams since the beginning of of film. So, mm. naturally, our first topic this horror month is pandemics. Pandemics. Or mandemics, if mandemics. you want to. Mandemics. What do you got for us? All right. So my first one is something that I was really excited to research. It's actually a TV made for movie, but I figured mm-hmm. eh, that works, yeah, right? Of course. It comes from 1974, actually. Wow. And it's called Where Have All the People Gone? Interesting, interesting. I, it sounds familiar, but I don't really know it. Well, let's see. You might know this gentleman called Peter Graves. Some folks in my generation <laughs> might know him as the colonel on Seventh Heaven. Or uh, Captain Over on Airplane. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's pretty well known. This uh, movie, um, this 
mini TV movie, as it were, um, stars Peter Graves, and he is Dad Steve Anders. Him and his two children, Deborah and David, are in the mountains of California, and they're camping, which sounds like a really great time. Mm. And unfortunately, you can't do that right now because of said pandemic, but it would be really cool to think of maybe next year, right? Because out there, they have the Mojave Desert, the Mojave Trail. Anyways, I digress. Um, after their mother has departed, there she's going to go home early, get things ready for them to come home. Uh, they decide, you know what, let's go explore this nearby cave what could go wrong right because you're in a cave (laughs) while they're exploring they see all these stalactites and stalagmites yeah so i know i know the difference what what yeah there's a difference so and here's a good way to figure this out so stalagmites with a g come up from the ground g stalactites with a c comes down from the ceiling the c oh so stalagmites go up stalactites go down Okay. They see both of those mm-hmm. in the cave, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, there's some rumbling going on. And you're like, what's going on? The first thing that your brain thinks is earthquake. Yeah. And of course, naturally, that's what they think, mm-hmm. too. So they safely exit out of the cave, deciding that or, or trying to um, determine what they're going to see on the outside. And it doesn't look like much of a, you know, uh, crumbly mess like you would think, especially on the, on the Rocky Mountains of California. But they nonetheless decide to, to walk out. Um, they come across a uh, ranch hand that they saw earlier in the film. Um, and he starts talking about this earthquake that was uh, proceeded or, or came before a, slow, a solar flare. And I was uh, in the movie, and at the time I was watching it, I was like, hmm, I don't really actually know what a solar flare is, but I know I have to wear sunglasses while I'm driving sometimes because sometimes the sun is just so bright. I'll get to that. Um, And all of a sudden, this ranch hand starts, he says he starts feeling ill and he starts to look quite sickly. And then eventually he just dies, like as they're talking to him. But here's the weird thing His, his body doesn't just, you know, just fall over he turns into like this powdery ashy it's it's remember at the end of star wars where kylo ren dies and he does the jedi death where he like kind of evaporates out of his clothes Mm -hmm. think of that only there's a person-shaped body of ash inside said clothes wow yeah Don't, don't smoke kids yeah exactly um and so it's obviously very weird yeah. and they're really freaked out as they climb down the mountain they start discovering these weird sort of I guess post-apocalyptic-y type things. What is going on? Where is everybody? Well, maybe they had to evacuate the town. Maybe they're all at home. No, people just don't leave their cars in the middle of the street. Where is everybody? Where are all the people? There's wild, rabid dogs who have somehow gone insane. And, like, there's animals that are uh, they wouldn't have seen but are acting very strangely. And they come across different people um, who appear to be acting as though they need to recoup all these, these supplies, right? They need to keep all the water to themselves. They need to keep all the food to themselves. And they are just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So through talking to these people, uh, they find that there's kind of two distinct groups. There's those folks who just don't want to talk to you you are diseased go away and you know keep my canned food to myself much like a doomsday prepper which i know we have talked about mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's other groups that don't really know what's going on and they're just looking for like human comfort and want to be with people um said they pick up said woman and they just start traveling so for whatever reason and i'm not sure it's super explained in the film itself but they don't have a car near them so they're just literally traveling they're just traveling and and finding all these weird occurrences turns out that the solar flare which happened after this little mini earthquake turned a lot of people to dust and those who did not either have it coming pretty soon or are immune to it Mm. right so they eventually make their way to their home in malibu where they expect their mom to be right but they they find a note from her and find that no she is also ash and they start watching the tv and these things come out uh you know like they find a a paper like a newspaper and and the weird thing about is the timeline's not super clear you kind of think while watching the movie it's only been like a day or two but in reality it's been kind of like a couple weeks and it, the same thing happens. A virus broke out after the solar flare, um, and most of humanity was not immune to it, and so they passed away in this very weird, strange type of way, which is to turn into dust. Now, the weird plot thing here is that you would think solar flare means they're going to like burn, right? And that's what turned them into ash, but no, it's really just this virus that kind of took over. Um, and so 
in only a weird 1970s way that can end a movie, they have this optimistic, like, everything's going to be fine and we will conquer this type of thing at the end of the movie. But there is no sign of a cure. There's no sign of a vaccine. Nothing like that. But I thought it was great. Peter Graves is one of those actors. He's very distinct and he has a very distinct voice. Mm, So to see him kind of like, um, I guess navigate this weird post-apocalyptic type thing was kind of interesting um so where can you or i should say imdb gave it a 6.1 which isn't necessarily the highest but it's not too too bad right rotten tomatoes gave it a 43 percent. that is just an audience member score right um you can stream it on amazon prime you can also rent it for 99 cents it's pretty cheap and i think that's probably because no one's really interested but here's the thing fun fact right it kind of got me thinking well what really is a solar flare right Mm -hmm. a solar flare is a sudden flash of increased brightness on the sun right uh it's usually observed near the surface and it's in close proximity to a sunspot group we on earth happen to be a sunspot group right and so sometimes that's why we can see extremely bright um uh so i guess sunlight but in most cases in like 99 percent of our cases here on earth it's because it's refracted or reflected off something else like during the winter for example when you see really bright light it's because it's reflecting off that white snow mm-hmm. um but what's what i found to be really particularly funny is that this powerful flare they happen so often right and but they are accompanied by this thing called a coronal mass ejection. Now, <laughs> it's funny because it sounds like corona, right? It, really, the, diff- the, the, the similarities end there. It's because corona is kind of like, um, it's, it's like Latin for crown. And the, I guess the virus looks kind of like a crown, which is why it's called coronavirus. Mm. And this is called whatever it is because it looks like a crown, whatever the case is made. But a coronal mass ejection is a significant release of plasma an accompanying magnetic field from a solar corona so right that's kind of weird because (laughs) this coronal mass ejection is full of plasma that then the solar flare reflects off of and it pushes it out into space can you imagine if that actually hit on earth it'd be like a death ray yeah yeah so um the largest recorded geomagnetic perturbation I don't know if that's how you say it, um, which happened actually presumably from one of these coronal mass ejections, because you can't, we really don't know. We haven't actually got enough proof of them um, that hit the Earth's magnetosphere. It actually ended up damaging uh, a lot of uh, satellites and also but transmission wave wave radios radio waves so like for morse code operators and like short wave radio operators it happened in the solar storm of 1859 um it, it took down recently created the uh, u.s telegraph network it started fires it uh <laughs> it, it caused panic right but uh, essentially what happened here is that the for whatever reason the earth is at the perfect access or uh, axis and the sun hit it right at that point in time and so whatever so at any point we're basically a microwave and we could blow up but let's okay. get back <laughs> to the movie and it's 2020 so <laughs> your guess is as good as ours <laughs> the movie is at its core about a virus breaking out post this um solar flare and killing everybody now the difference of course is that some people are born with this natural immunity which we don't necessarily seem to see here with coronavirus right and 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 actually the common cold nobody has a cure to it nobody has a resistance to it but i thought it was interesting that in this case they do present that future of like there's an immunity and guess what they did right away they acknowledged it they said it was real and they started deliberating and building a vaccine and a cure towards it like right away well that's how you know it's fictional <laughs> that doesn't true. happen here. Not in America. Nope. 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 But that's my first pick. Um wow. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those ones uh that I think it's a classic seventies movie that I think you have to watch in order to get the seventies vibe. You know, it's kind of like it's on par with um Freaky Friday, but the seventies version. Hmm. And I love that version. Well, where can we see this again? You can stream this currently right now on Amazon. You can get it or Amazon Prime if you have a subscription. You can also rent it on Amazon and most platforms for 99 cents. It's on the cheaper side, which wow. is why I think maybe you should check it out if you want to buy it. You can get it for two bucks on Amazon. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth it. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. It's my That's first good. pick. Cool. I like it. Very good. Thanks. Very obscure, which is why I approve. <laughs> I know. I figured. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. What do you know about rabies rabies yes 
I was bit when I was six. My mom took me to the hospital. I had a shot in my butt and I didn't get rabies. Okay. Yeah. I was bitten by our, our family guinea pig. Wow. Yeah. His name but, is Gimli. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so was the, you, you had to get a shot. Mm-hmm. What about the guinea pig? Um, this might be a little less than PG, um, but he was uh, humanely taken to the farm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I'm fairly certain that's what happened. I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but basically uh, rabies is one of those funky things that only develops a few days after you get bitten mm-hmm. and it lives in your brain. Yes. Yeah, so basically rabies is a virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is spread by infected animals, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if they bite you and they're infected, you get infected. So you're talking about like bats, coyotes, foxes, raccoons. Uh, My guinea pig did not have rabies, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I don't have it. Well, yeah, that was a while ago. Because if yeah. you did, once, you know, uh, it almost always kills you. Yeah, it's once you, get, yeah. once you get symptoms, if you start to get symptoms, that's pretty much it. Foaming at the you. mouth. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, and the, the list of, of symptoms includes like partial paralysis, Ooh. which is not fun. Um, fear brought on by trying to drink because you can't swallow water. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, hyperactivity, confusion, anxiety, agitation. That's the whole terrifying. Thing. Yes, it is terrifying. Which brings me to my first pick. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like this has something to do with rabies? Uh, sort of. <laughs> My first pick is the 1977 Canadian-made film, Rabid. Not uh, Rabbit. Rabid. Rabid. All around her, people are dying, and only Rose knows why. You gotta come quick. You gotta come quick and get me. It's Rose. It's gotta be. Something's happened to Rose. Don't scream. Don't panic. He's dead. And the dead can't hurt the living. Rabbit. You can't trust your mother. Your best friend. The neighbor next door. One minute, they're perfectly normal. The next, rabid. It is the second theatrical film from David Cronenberg. Oh. Who, of course, went on to direct The Fly, Dead Ringers, History of Violence, among many others. Like most of his early work, it deals with either an internal or external violation of the human body. You know, like The Fly, you know, Jeff Goldblum degenerating. You know, things like that. I love that movie, but still. Yeah, so that was kind of his sort of uh, genre right there early in his career. Now, Rabid is kind of a combination of a violation of the human body and uh, sort of human interference with that. So, like, there's a human cause behind it. Sort of like a conspiracy theory? Uh, A little bit. So, in in the film, there's this young couple, Rose and, and her boyfriend, Hart. Uh, and they're just motorcycling through rural Quebec like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Part uh, of the Hart family. Yeah, they're, they're just going to boot their business. Yep, <laughs> they become uh, wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're, they, they're both involved in a serious accident while they're mm. motorcycling, right? And the closest medical facility is a place called the Keloid Clinic. And it's a hospital that is developing a new plastic surgery technique. That uses kind of like a, a an early variation of like stem cells or like hmm. undeveloped cells to create skin uh, for plastic uh, surgery procedures. I see. Is that a play on keloid then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Uh, so uh, they use this new procedure to heal Rose because of all the burns on her body, and so they use this. Uh, sort of genetically engineered skin. How convenient. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> to heal her. Now, the operation appears to have been successful at first, mm-hmm. of course, uh, but she's in a coma for a while. And when she wakes up, uh, she's she's freaking out. She doesn't know where she is. You know, she doesn't know what's going on because she's been in a coma for like a month or so. Ooh. And she doesn't know what's happening. And there's someone else in, there's another patient in the hospital room, a, a, a man who's like shocked because she woke up and all that. And she's like hysterical. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he goes over to the bed, tries to calm her down, right? 
And she just like grabs him, holds on to him for dear life because she's so freaked out. Mm -hmm. And that's when we find out one of the side effects of this procedure. Apparently, Rose has developed a kind of a strange sort of a, a an orifice, as you will, under her armpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So inside this this opening is a kind of uh, like a stinger. Oh. Yeah, that will like pierce the flesh of anyone she holds on to. She's a hornet. Kind of, yeah, it's like a murder hornet. <laughs> uh, and she and and this 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 little uh, you know protrusion or whatever will drain the other person's blood. Okay. So it's kind of like a weird armpit vampire, <laughs> which I believe was the original title. No, armpire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, so now if that wasn't bad enough, this little stinger infects the victims with a rabies-like sickness, which makes people go insane, like foaming at the mouth, crazy, right? But don't stinkers fall off when, when they... Well, this is, uh, this is not... It's sort of like a cross between a stinger and some sort of weird... Tongue? Kind of phallic thing. Oh, it's just it's my. odd. Okay. It's really bizarre. It's, it's very Cronenbergian, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just weird. So... Now, she, of course, is, she now has a, a, she needs human blood now because that's how she's going to survive. Does she know this? She does. She instinctively knows this. Oh, I see. So she escapes from the hospital and basically begins to infect everybody she comes across. Uh, and in the meantime, her boyfriend, who was not as badly injured in the accident, uh, tries to find her and stop her from um, infecting more people. And so basically, it's a sort of race against time. Uh, will they be able to find her before you know she keeps killing? Uh, she seems to be immune from the disease because she's the carrier, right? And all that. Um, so it's you know it, it's it is really a product of its time. Mm. So it was it's a it's a fairly low budget Canadian production. It's like The Walking it, Dead. It shows, yeah, it shows. It has a very mid-70s feel to it. Mm. With, you know, the, the the outfits and the hairstyles and the decor and yeah. the offices. I love that kind of stuff. It's always, you know, that's... Uh, Reminiscent? Yeah, sort of. But nostalgic? It's, yeah, a little nostalgic. It's kind of cool, though. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it makes the film seem very dated, though. Uh, but like if you like college days, kind of, right? Yeah. Uh, not even <laughs> close. Middle school, thank you very much. Ugh. And uh, like that anecdote, it does not have a happy ending. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, which is kind of a touchstone of like mid-70s films. Yeah. A lot of them did have kind of bleak endings yeah. to them. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will attribute that to, uh, you know, the, the, the state of the country the at the time. Vietnam War. Yeah. Things like that. So, And it wasn't until like really Star Wars came out that, that films began to be optimistic again. Uh, which, and they thought Star Wars was going to flop. They did, yeah. Like, oh, people <laughs> actually want to feel good at the movies. How about that? Oh, well. Interesting. Now, there is another element that makes Rabbit a very <clears throat> interesting movie, and that is the casting of the lead actress in the film. So Cronenberg cast a young model and actress named Marilyn Ann Taylor. Now, her face had been in homes all over America. She was, called, she was known as the Ivory Soap Girl because her picture <laughs> appeared on boxes of ivory soap flakes got it she was a very pretty young blonde uh and you know it was all in this sort of wholesome kind of uh you know ad thing sure like the appeared. sunscreen kid yeah basically yeah. now but she was um you know she was sort of in her 20s at the time but she looked very you know approachable girl next door kind of a thing for 70s at least for 70s yeah. at least uh but she also appeared on screen in a somewhat <clears throat> less than wholesome way uh using her stage name uh as porn star marilyn chambers <laughs> are you serious yeah i'm serious <laughs> that's so, not where i thought you were going with no, that oh yeah see that yeah so her her sort of wholesome looks made her a very hot commodity in the adult film industry oh her Lord. films in the 70s grossed millions of dollars like really she was very very successful and it was because of her name recognition and decent acting ability for a porn star uh that got her the role in rabbit apparently the director cronenberg wanted sissy spacek oh really yeah who was just uh, fresh off a of carry well she's creepy 
Yeah, but apparently the producers did not like her kind of uh, southern accent type of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so she, Marilyn Chambers, became the first famous adult film actress to cross over into mainstream films. And she did that for a while, but ultimately, you know, she returned. <laughs> she she yeah, she returned to adult films in the 80s uh, for a while, but then AIDS came along oh. and the crisis caused her to retire. She didn't want to, you know. Oh, she didn't get AIDS. No, she didn't get oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, she did uh, she did die fairly young from other illnesses, but mm. Uh, you know, she was it rabies. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to check this out. <laughs> that would be was full it circle. rabies. You be the judge. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, so she, you know, had to uh, basically retire and, you know, do all that fun stuff, which was not really it wasn't cool for her. I, I you know, you, you, you read her story and it was kind of uh, sad. Yeah, it was actually sad. And I felt kind of, you know, you're watching this and you're like, oh, man, the poor girl, what she had to go through. She had a tough life. She really kind of did because, you know, as everybody knows, porn stars, you know, are, are always very happy people uh, and, and don't have any and don't have daddy issues at all. Uh, <laughs> what? That's the end of that conversation. Uh, yeah. We don't want to uh, lose listeners. No, 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 we don't. We're not going to, are we? So, <laughs> but the, that's that's. Matt, I love her. Her name is Matt Chambers. Yeah, well, that was her stage name. You know, that's they always had. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's like we're talking about Hamlet here. We're like a production of like Wicked. <laughs> her stage name. <laughs> well, yeah, it's her stage name. <laughs> Marilyn Chambers. Oh, you man. know. Oh, there's so many uh, things are I'm you, thinking uh, about. Are, are I'm you, just thinking about like an RBG spinoff. <laughs> She's like, enter my chamber. <laughs> oh, oh, you had to R go there. RBG, rest in peace. We love you and miss you. <laughs> wow. Holy crap. Oh, and I went there. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I went there, didn't I? Yes, it's me. It's my fault. <laughs> Maybe I'll just put my mask on. Yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. You put your mask on. You're coughing on me right now. <laughs> Sorry. You're a super spreader. Yeah, super spreader. Uh, so on to the scores, <laughs> such as they are. Uh, the Internet Movie Database actually gives it a respectable six point three. <laughs> okay. Out of ten, which is not terrible. The uh, Rotten Tomatoes seventy three percent. What? Which is actually really good. It's not a bad movie. It's David Cronenberg. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So. Uh, it is, if you want to see it, and, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into rabies, uh, then <laughs> why not? Uh, you can watch it for free on Tubi, if you like, which is very nice. Um, also, the fantastic uh, Shout Factory TV has it, if you're a subscriber. Also, if you're a subscriber, and this is a testament to how important this film actually is. Uh, it is uh, on, by subscription, on the Criterion channel. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, you know, it, it's if it's on the Criterion Channel, you know it's got to have some kind of value to it. Right. So that's, you know, that's what I recommend. You can rent it if you want to. $2.99, actually, on uh, Prime Video and Vudu. Mm. So that is my first pick. Uh, I'm scared to see what follows that. You should. You really should <laughs> it be. is horror month, so. It is horror month. Guess what? I have some movie news. Wait, you have movie news? Here we go. Welcome. Yeah, that, that that was good. That was good. Thank you. Welcome to the Deep Dive Movie News. So, did you know that today, as of recording this, marks the official release of Netflix's new documentary, starring Sir David Attenborough, who is a international global treasure of a man. Wow. He's 93, yes. and he's still making documentaries. Now, a little bit about him. He has been studying our natural world and showcasing that in the form of documentaries for over, like, 60 or 70 years. Right now, though... He, of course, has a message, so much so that he actually took to Instagram. He has an Instagram account now, as of like 10 days ago. And his message is simple. We got to take care of the planet. Yep. And we are, we don't have a lot of time. So this uh, documentary, which launched actually today, already has a couple of scores out, because why wouldn't it? 
IMDb is getting an 8.9 out of 10. Wow. Yep. 100% from Rotten Tomatoes. 3 out of 5 by IndieWire. 97% of people are saying that this is a fantastic film. Now, it's probably not going to be happy, right? Because (laughs) (laughs) climate change and, you know, things dying and going extinct is not great. But the overall thing here is responsibility. And I think everything that he says I listen to. I mean, I, I legitimately, I love this man. He is such a huge part of my life growing up because he did a lot of uh, documentaries about animals and marine animals. And, mm-hmm. and he also did a lot of dinosaur stuff, which, as we know, I like. Yes, we do know that. <laughs> um, but you can catch it right now on Netflix. And it's it's definitely going to be a rotating title, I think. But luckily right now, with and I suppose due to the pandemic, Netflix, is ha- uh, they have slowed their rotation schedule. So huh. it used to be every three months. Right now, we're seeing things last six or even maybe even nine months. That makes sense. So check it out. And that's movie news. Movie news. Now back to our regularly scheduled horrible, horrible horror planning. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> now, I actually have uh, some an interesting kind of a, a news item that kind of relates to what we're talking about here. Well, why didn't you put it in movie news? Because it's not movie news. Oh, okay. It's just news. Just news? Just okay, regular, All right. fair enough. Regular news. Uh, so there was a, a study that just came out uh, last week. Um, it's a, a joint study by the United States and Denmark. Oh, I love Denmark. Kind of interesting. Uh, and it was uh, it came out in a journal called Personality and Individual Differences. Okay. And what it basically says that researchers uh, have found that horror movie fans and uh, fans of like post-apocalyptic movies are handling the real life quarantine much better than other people i believe that 100 percent. i do too so uh they found that uh, horror film enthusiasts are experiencing less psychological distress due to covid19 and uh, also movies that fall into the kind of prepper doomsday prepper genre right. are also helping people mentally prepare for the disruptions they're encountering every single day they also sense. yeah they also included alien invasion movies zombie films things like that this is definitely movie news. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. maybe not technically, but we'll <laughs> see. So one of, the, uh, one of the authors of the study said, and this is a quote, although most people go into a scary movie with the intention of being entertained rather than learning something, scary stories present ample learning opportunities. Fiction allows the audience to explore an imagined version of the world at very little cost. And basically, they're saying that kind of like exercises your emotional muscles. Okay. So if you're a fan of these films, that actually can help you uh, prepare better for the realities of what's going on. There were like 300, over 300 participants. They were asked about their movie preferences, uh, seeing what kind of unsettling entertainment they prefer. And it was interesting that they, they found out that they're actually uh, doing better mm-hmm. dealing with personal crises, including the uh, the pandemic than people who uh, do not watch or do not like those kinds of films. So I found that fascinating. So is it basically introverts versus extroverts? Uh, I don't know, but as far as that goes, but they um, they did grade the participants on what's called, and I love this. This should be the name of a band, the Morbid Curiosity Scale. <laughs> And it gauges how much someone is interested in in, in sort of unpleasantness. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, watching executions in medieval times or death and things like that. I mean, I Uh, love it. And they found that the most most morbidly curious people are actually putting a positive spin on their time in the quarantine. Honestly, that that kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't no. know if it's because I'm a horror fan, or if it's because I'm a big movie fan, and I've watched tons of like doomsday movies. But this makes sense to me. Yeah, and it, it seems as though the, the the same kind of people actually find things within the pandemic to uh, lock onto that are interesting, yeah, rather than scary. Sure. So they find like, uh, I, like well, I can tell you for myself, I'm constantly on. Uh, a, a, a subreddit mm. on the Reddit site that deals with scientific papers related to COVID-19. I'm constantly reading them mm. and looking at them because I find it interesting. Yeah. See what kind of treatments people are trying, vaccine progress, uh, side effects, things like that. I, for some reason, I find that very interesting. There's a Reddit called uh, 
thread, single thread, something like that. Basically, they have a podcast. Um, Reddit has a podcast. And and what they do is they take stories from Reddit and they kind of expand on them. Yes. You yes. introduced me to it. Yeah, they had one episode recently where a gentleman was finding post notes in his um, house. And it turns out it's just himself and he has like, this weird memory thing. Mm. But it was creepy, right? And yeah. I've, I've also seen tons of Reddit posts about people saying how they're exploring different parts of the house. Like, I never go into my attic. What's in the attic? You know? And, and they're kind of conquering these fears of like being isolated by exploring their environment. So that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, right down to people like myself who are experimenting with new recipes to try and can and save. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which has turned out to be like fifty eh, percent okay. failure, yeah, you know? Yeah, fifty percent failure. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But uh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. That's actually yeah. really cool, and yeah. it's uh, some sort of, uh, I guess, positive spin on you know what's going on right now, other than our podcast, of course. Oh yes, definitely. Because I'm sure that everyone's been listening to us. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> our our podcast is actually uh, just uh, more positive than uh, Donald Trump's uh, diagnosis. Uh, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did top the 100 list of movie review uh, podcasts in, what was it, uh, Scandinavia? Or Den- uh, I think it was kind of, I think it was one of those Scandinavians. The Netherlands, I think the Netherlands, it was. Yeah. Yes. We actually also apparently have been doing very well lately in Cyprus. Oh, I love Greeks. Really? Yeah, Cyprus. <laughs> I have no idea why. It's Greek to me. But, it's Greek to me. But yeah. okay, so, all right. We got our movie news out of the way. We did all that fun stuff. Time for my second pick. Yes. Now... I'd like to preface this with, it is not obscure, <clears throat> but it's obscure to me because I, it's one of those things where I saw it in passing when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any interest in it. I didn't know what it was about and it didn't, didn't say anything, but it, it's, it was recently made available to me and <clears throat> I think it fits. So it is the 2006 remake of the 1934s adaptation of the 1925's novel the painted veil well, as long as you're clear <laughs> it's directed by john curran starring naomi watts and edward norton now i think the real reason why i didn't necessarily watch it was because i'm not i'm not, I'm not a super fan of edward norton mm-hmm. he kind of creeps me out <laughs> and i don't know why um but okay let's give you a quick breakdown of this movie it's based in the 1920s um which is ironic uh, and we have together this very nerdy but uh very humble doctor called walter played by norton falls in love with like this british socialite uh called kitty <laughs> and uh kitty is like can't doesn't want anything to do with him right like she he's like like a servant she doesn't like him but he proposes because he's just so head over heels in love with her and she reluctantly agrees because she wants to get out under the thumb of her mother who's always like you know you have to make a match you have to do this and all that what you know whatever societal pressures were on her so she marries uh him and it's awkward at first right like they they obviously don't know anything about each other he's in love with her she's kind of like uh i'll deal with it they go honeymooning in venice and that's kind of where the end of the pleasantness stops um he's a doctor and he studies infectious diseases and he's been now given a commission to go to china to study a uh cholera outbreak Mm. now cholera is one of those things you know we hear about it around the world not so much maybe in the states anymore because it's of course it's had um uh medication and, and preventative medicines for it but it's still really huge in different parts of the world uh side note when i visited haiti uh post earthquake uh, i had to take some cholera medication um and it gives me like loopiness and so they say you can actually have some weird dreams on it wow it, it's crazy because you take one pill like every three or four days for like a week going there and i actually did have some really weird manifestations like it was weird dreams um but in any case he goes to china and she he brings her along because you know they're married and she is just so angry she's a spoiled woman <laughs> and does not want to go i knew when i married you that you were selfish and spoiled but i loved you do you know a place called meitan fu they've had an outbreak it's the worst epidemic anyone's seen in a long time i have volunteered to take charge you can't be serious about taking me into the middle of a cholera epidemic do you think that i'm not they are stopped over in some some place where they're still, I guess you should say, society, right? She ends up finding this other gentleman who, you know, tickles her fancy. And she starts an affair with him. 
So this is not good, right? Because when Walter finds out, he's heartbroken. And she's like, I don't care because the other guy, he loves me and he's going to marry me. So divorce me. And Walter's like, I ain't going to divorce you because if I do, it's going to be under adultery. And she's like, ah, I can't do that. Now, again, this is the 1920s. And so I assume that back then, having that attached to your name meant no prospects, right? So I guess, I don't know. Um, so she re- she reluctantly says, okay, fine, I'll, you know, I'll, we'll try and work it out, whatever. He's like, I have to go to the remote village and treat these cholera patients and we got to figure out where it's stemming from. So there's a very easy way to get there. You can take a train and you can take a, um, like a little carriage type thing, which takes a couple of days. But he elects to take her on a boat, uh, which takes a couple of weeks. And they travel by boat and it's just, it's horrific for her. Ooh. It's sweaty, it's gross. She's uncomfortable and she's mad at him. And he's punishing her, right? Because he's like, you know, you did that and now I'm going to make you uncomfortable kind of thing. Wow. So they get to this village and the outbreak is really bad and she realizes that it's just, it's regular people. It's families, it's kids, it's parents. Um, and he's working in like their little setup camp thing and their little, you know, field hospital. And he realizes that cholera is spread through water and the consumption of dirty water. So he helps build these aqueducts, right? And brings in clean water and, and things are starting to finally pick up. Meanwhile, she's realizing how you know, down to earth he is, how, how selfless he is, and they fall in love. And it's a classic, like, oh, I didn't know you, but now I do, and I love you. Well, in come this, like, I guess, rival people, these almost like communists, or nationalists, they're called, um, and they're just infected with cholera. They are literally just, they are the smallpox blankets. And so this village gets overrun with cholera, and he catches it because you know why wouldn't you and so you know he ends up passing away from it which is not a huge spoiler i suppose movie's been out for 15 years but um he dies and the end of the movie is kind of like you know five or six years later and she has a son named walter and you know she comes across the gentleman that she originally had an affair with and she's like i can't deal with you like i don't even like you and so essentially it's her journey the story right it's not necessarily one of the movies i like i don't really like these like sappy kind of like I mean, don't get me wrong. I like romance movies, but this just didn't hit me that way. What's interesting about it is that it takes place in a very real situation about the uh, the cholera. And I think the portrayal of these sick people in it was just so uh, what I imagined to be real and legitimate. And it was very frightening and it was very sad. And I, in doing research on, on cholera itself, just it's so easily transmitted. I mean, if you think that 90%, what is it? Like 80% of our world is covered in water, something some, something like that. And yet 90% of the people of the world don't have access to clean water, which is crazy, by the way. Um, this is nuts, right? So <clears throat> there's this scary effect that you get when you're realizing it's a post-apocalyptic or it's a virus spreading, right? Like right now, it's scary. But we here in the States, at least, have access to clean water and we have abilities to protect ourselves in the remote jungles of, of China, they didn't have that. So there w- it was just panic and kind of, it was actually really fearful, suspenseful throughout the entire film. Um, so I would recommend it based on that, not necessarily that it is a romancy flick because I don't really think that it is. In fact, I think it, it, it was actually more of like a sad film in that regard. Um, but IMDb actually rates it pretty high. They're giving it a 7.5. Metacritic gives it a 69. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 74%. Uh, you can rent it right now on Amazon for $2.99. It's not really streaming anywhere, but it, most platforms, it's, it's $3. Bucks. Um, I would say watch it. I would definitely say that it's it's part of the collection of uh, Norton's movies that I would that I don't hate. <laughs> that you know what i mean it's not american history x let's just put it that way mm. but it, it's still a good thing and i think the fact that it, it portrays cholera in such a visceral um sad way makes it worth watching interesting okay yeah. okay will do good uh, i just looked i was looking at uh, the ipad with my notes and i realized they're not there but that's okay because i have them somewhere else i almost panicked we're good we're good <laughs> no panicking here's a no. no panic zone this is a no, no panic everywhere zone. else is a panic zone but not here not here I, that's right I, I'm, I'm especially excited because um the, what was i gonna say yeah, the, never mind i was gonna say i'm i'm happy to be outside of my house <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Understood. Uh, yeah. So second pick, not yes. too bad. Not too bad. Um, again, not necessarily obscure, but I 
it's one of those things where I caught a glimpse of it back in 2006 after I graduated high school. And I was like, meh, it looks like a sappy romance film. Not really my deal. But had I known, I probably would have enjoyed it much sooner. Hmm, okay. So it's a word for the wise. Give everything a second chance. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Now, if you're a film buff and if you're listening to this, you, you hopefully may, you are. You may very well be. <laughs> Uh, when you know when I mention the name Barry Levinson, you will hear film buffs say titles like "Oh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam," "Bugsy,", Bugsy. The, "The Natural," mm-hmm. "Rain Man," all films that he directed. Yep. So Levinson has been directing Hollywood classics since 1982, but one film that you never hear mentioned is 2012's "The Bay." Now, The Bay is one of those found footage films, you know, which is a genre that that sort of began and some say should have ended with the Blair Witch Blair project. Witch, yeah, I was just about to say that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a kind of film that's made up of footage supposedly left after some horrible event uh-huh. and has been pieced together to form a narrative after the fact. So other films in this genre, Cloverfield, yeah. uh, Paranormal Activity. Yep. District 9, which I loved. I love District 9, first yeah. of all, but these don't always work like that. Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, they don't always work as a plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of them are awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, with The Bay, that actually deals with uh, supposedly, you know, leaked footage of an incident that occurred. Leak. Yeah. Like in a bay? Because, you know, it's water. I'm going to edit that out. Okay. Uh, so it begins with leaked footage of an incident that occurred in 2009, supposedly, at a seaside resort town near Maryland's Chesapeake Bay. Ooh, I love that place. Yeah. A test of the local water shows a staggeringly high level of toxicity. But, of course, the town mayor won't do anything to cause a panic. Uh, He must be related to the mayor from Jaws. Jaws, I was about to say, this sounds like the plot of Jaws. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, all too common. Gee, uh, elected officials not telling us the truth about <laughs> toxins, toxic, toxic sharks, waste, uh, toxic coronavirus, sharks. you know. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, weird stuff starts happening to people in town. They develop these weird rashes on their skin. They get violently ill. And many of them either commit suicide or beg people, other oh. people, to kill them. Ooh. Now on one, what are you reporting? <laughs> Sorry, did you say, you say something bad? Yes, Where is she bleeding from? Good morning, Marilyn. I am in Claridge, the host of our annual July 4th party. Oh my god! This is the CDC. We're in the middle of some kind of viral outbreak. It's eating their organs, intestines, liver, it goes for kidneys. There's something wrong with the water. This stuff has chemical steroid in it. Hey, we got a situation over the 911 call center, and the system's about to go down. We're just overloaded with calls. Stephanie, you're not answering your phone. I do not want you to get off that boat. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I know they shut down all the roads going into Clarity. Now I'm flying over the water here, and, uh, well, there's just dead fish everywhere. I'm going to show the world what happened here. If you find this tape, just please get it out. So what is causing this? Is it a virus? Well, no, not exactly. Aliens? Nope, not that kind of movie. Toxic waste? Yeah, kind of. But the real culprits here are mutated isopods. Huh. Now, an isopod is the same kind of parasite that latches themselves onto a fish's tongue. It severs the blood vessels there, causing the tongue to fall off, and then the isopod effectively becomes the fish's tongue, so it eats whatever the fish eats. So the fish doesn't get any food. Right. The fish will die, but the isopod will live because it's eating the food that's meant for the fish. So it's a tick. Kind of, yeah. So it basically takes the place of the fish's tongue. Wow. Yeah. So in this film, we find out that the isopods were mutated by chemicals dumped into the water by a local chicken farm. So these like, these <laughs> are, yeah, I know. This is far out. <laughs> yeah. But, and lots of people die very badly. Oh. 
Now, this is all told with the found footage, you know, news reports, yeah. uh, hidden like, like security cameras, uh, police cameras, things like that. So it does play more like uh, a documentary than your traditional mm. kind of a horror movie. But it's super disturbing because, you know, it, it, it looks plausible. Yeah. And the science is pretty plausible. The director himself said the science is about 80% real that's like a michael crichton-esque type of feel it is very much yeah. so yeah in fact uh barry levinson the director was originally going to do an actual documentary about toxic pollution in chesapeake bay that was his intention but he found out that pbs was doing a similar documentary <laughs> and was kind of way ahead of him in the project so the uh the research that he had done for the documentary went into doing a fictional account. Okay. And it's it, what what I like about it, one of the things I like about it, it's very well done, very well edited. Uh, and you don't really recognize, they're all like unknown actors or actors you don't recognize really. Mm -hmm. So it gives it much more of a realistic feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's incredibly uh, suspenseful in its own way because uh, it, it uses that kind of found footage uh, technique really, really well. So it blends uh, the horror, the documentary style, the ecological message, uh, and it, it, it avoids a lot of the kind of pitfalls that other found footage films fall into, which kind of, you know, they, which uses the format to try to hide how low budget mm -hmm. the film is and seems kind of lazy the way it uses it to tell stories. Sometimes that's the case mm -hmm. in found footage, uh, but not this one. It's uh, it's so well done, you know. You, you get into it and you kind of forget, and that's like the best kind of found footage movies is you forget you're watching a re a narrative. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you kind of get into like, oh, what's what's going to happen with that person, or, or oh my god, I can't see around the camera. What's happening right. off camera and all that when you can't predict something. Exactly, exactly, and you know, it's not it's not what you would expect from Barry Levinson. You know, the guy who gave you Rain Man. Yeah. Uh, but it is a really entertaining and enjoyable take on the found footage horror film. And I highly, I highly recommend it uh, really to anyone who is interested in that kind of thing. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, it, it didn't get a whole lot of love when it came out. Mm. Um, and even now, the Internet Movie Database gives it about a 5.6 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is much kinder with a 76%, which is fresh. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to check this out, and I do recommend it, uh, you can watch it right now if you're a subscriber to Cinemax. Mm -hmm. uh, it's available to rent on most streaming services. Uh, you can get it on iTunes, Prime Video, Vudu, and YouTube for $3.99, which is not terrible. No, not at all. Uh, so, yeah, I actually highly recommend uh, The Bay. Not the Michael Bay, just the Bay. <laughs> I was going to make that joke, but I figured you'd do no, it. Not the Bay Watch, the Bay. The Bay. The Bay from 2012. Not Massachusetts Bay, call Yes. Me. Now, I also do, uh, I do have some, some honorable mentions. Sure, just go ahead. To, you know, throw it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, TV miniseries based on Stephen King's The Stand. Oh, yes. Really good. That, that book is terrifying from what I understand. Yeah. My husband oh. says that he's read it once and he can't read it again. It took me a few tries to get through yeah, when I was a lot younger. It took me a few tries. It's a big book. It's a long, Oh, no, it's a long, but long it is terrifying. Book. It's like it a mental thriller. Yeah, yeah, with a super flu that, you know, <clears throat> kills most of the population. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, yeah. that's where we begin with The Stand. Uh, the other one is uh, a movie called Slither. Oh, by James yeah. Gunn, yeah. Uh, who, who, of course, did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I was considering doing... making that my pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. And he also is doing the next uh, Suicide Squad movie, which looks amazing. Which hopefully is much better than the first one. Yeah. No it, offense. It, I don't it, like the first one. It, yeah. But it, this one, the next one looks really good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a current series that deals with a uh, kind of a pandemic that's uh, on Amazon Prime right now called Utopia. Yes. Which is weird, but I love it. I've only seen the first episode. It's really good. Yeah. It's I, got John Cusack in yep, it. Yep, Rain yep, yep, Wilson. Mm -hmm. It's it's good. We're, I'm almost through it. Uh, and I lo I'm loving it. I'm loving it. As soon it. as I saw that Rain Wilson was there, I was like, I have to watch that. Yes. Um, but that's definitely going to be on one of my honorable mention lists because I the first episode was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And if the rest of the season is like that, it's going to be wonderful. Yes. Now, I also have dishonorable mentions. Ooh, love because, that. you know, some of these are <laughs> terrible. 
Uh, I'm going to start with the Netflix uh, movie Bird Box. Oh, I think every... Okay, okay. Everyone gives us such a hard time, and poor Sandy B. Um, It wasn't her greatest. No. It, it wasn't, like, horrible. It was, no, it wasn't her worst, which was Speed 2 Cruise Control. But <laughs> let's just not go there. <laughs> I just thought... It, it, I don't know. I, I can't stand it when, when people act in ways that are profoundly stupid and i can't and i can't right kind know. of like why would you do that like yeah. every white girl in every horror film right yeah. you know and uh, even though i have to say uh, i saw bird box before all this craziness mm. and now i can kind of believe that people would behave that stupidly so uh, yeah maybe i'll give and it they're called shot. karens yeah exactly <laughs> uh the second one of my dishonorable mentions is uh, m night Shyamalan's the happening Okay. Where it turns out, oh, the trees are trying to kill us. Great. That's happening. It's like, okay, it's, 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 yeah, it's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, uh, it started off great. And then it was just like, what? It's hit or miss with him. I really believe that. It is. Yes. Yeah, like Lady the, the village. Water. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. And my final dishonorable mention is uh, Cabin Fever. Okay. By Eli Roth. Uh, yeah, I it's, haven't seen that, but no, I've heard bad things. It's not great. It's gooey and messy. If you like that kind of thing, that's fine. But it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not great at all. So, so I only have a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, I didn't think about doing the dishonorable, but next time I will. Um, as tr- in, in terms of like virusy movies, mm-hmm. I think most people go towards zombie flicks. Yeah, right? and I avoided that purposefully. Me too. That's a whole other genre to me. Egg, me yes, one hundred percent. This is why we're friends. Mm. So I would say in that case, though, I really think Twenty Eight Days Later is one of the best zombie yes. flicks I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, and it is perpetually on top of the zombie list movies. Yes. I don't like 28 weeks later, but 28 weeks later is actually more akin to like the virus side of things. Mm. And so in fact, I would probably recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my picks. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So now, uh, as we reach the end of our first week of horror, the pan den end Mick. Okay. I'm sorry. What? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so as we reach the end of week, one week one uh we are looking forward to our third season can you believe that yes three seasons three seasons we're getting up to number three which is awesome yes and we have a a fun little contest coming yes we do would you like to tell us Uh, oh yes the malicious manda (laughs) malicious manda the medieval manda oh oh reminds me of of the renaissance fair that i couldn't go to this year because the pandemic. Okay, focus. Focus. Okay, anyways. Um, we mentioned a little couple of snippets in one of our past episodes, you know, just to give you a little teaser, a little taste. But basically, what we're doing here is we're going to open up our studio virtually to one of you. And by one of you, I mean one of the three listeners that we have concurrently. Hi, guys. Hi, mom. So, listen. Season three is coming up. We love this show. We love coming up with cool ideas, but we also, we love hearing from you. And sometimes we have really great ideas that come in from you. In fact, uh, I think it was one of our listeners called Stephanie who uh, gave us a, a suggestion and it actually turned out to be a future episode. So what we're thinking now is we want you to go ahead and send us in your suggestions for the show. We are going to be putting it into a random generator and we're going to make sure that whoever gets picked will have an opportunity to be on the show uh, virtually. We have figured out that there are things called Zoom and Skype, so you will be safe. But you also get an amazing, cool, awesome care package from us, which includes some of our merch. We have stickers, we have t-shirts, we have magnets, we have pins. You're going to get a whole whole care package directly from us, made with love, from the the you know production plants that make it straight to your home. Amazing. So how do you get it, how do you get to enter? Well, basically you should email us. You should DM, DM us on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. Send us in your suggestion, uh, and then if you are picked, we will contact you. We'll get your details. We'll set up a time for you to call into the show, and it's going to be really awesome. And I think personally that uh, this is probably one of the coolest contests I've ever heard of uh, in like a podcasty type form mm-hmm. because you get to be part of this show, and you do. You're, yeah, and you might even get paid. 
Well, that's not true. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's no not true. No one gets paid There's ever. no money involved. There is no money involved. But our email is thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com. You can find links to our social medias on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. Check us out there because you'll also find links to our past episodes, to our merch stand, to all of our social medias. And I'm just really excited about this. And so I really hope that you are too. And I'm excited to see what you guys suggest. And we've actually... Uh, Honestly, we've actually had some pretty good suggestions. We already. have, yes. So uh, you know, we've uh, we're looking forward to hearing from all of you, mm-hmm. both of you. Uh, <laughs> and so, please, 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 uh, let us know what you would like to hear mm-hmm. on our podcast during season three. Because, and I'm just going to be very transparent about it. We're out of ideas. Uh, <laughs> we got nothing. Mostly everything will go. Let's keep it mostly PG. Mostly yeah, PG. Mostly PG. But right now, yeah, the yeah, well is dry. Whatever. Yeah. And we got nothing. So we we, we really need it badly. So oh, what yeah. we're looking for is interaction with our followers. And begging. We're begging. Honestly, thank you so far for listening to this episode, but also to all the episodes we've released before. I mean, season three is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. We're just about to uh, crest 10,000 downloads, too. Exactly. Which is pretty cool. And if, by some miracle, you're actually listening to this for the first time, thank you. And if you like it, please subscribe. If you don't like it, recommend us to somebody else. And (laughs) And let them rate us on iTunes. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, I think that will do it for this week. First Um, week of Horror Month is down. Exactly. And week two is coming. What do we got for week two? There are evil places in this world. That's right. Besides right here in Studio D. This is very evil. Uh, so we're going to be doing... The fact ha- that there's no pizza is pretty evil. Yeah, I know, right? Mm, beach pizza is coming. Uh, so our, our topic is actually twin topics. We're doing haunted history and hellish hot spots. Ooh. It should be fun. That is fun. It's like a dual. It's like, how excited are you guys to have a dual topic episode? Exactly. It's, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> We're so cool. We are, aren't we? So, stay with us. Tune in next week for week two of Horror Month on behalf of the mischievous Manda. <laughs> I like that too. That's good. And myself, Terrible Tom. Uh, be smart, be safe, and eat more brains. Wear a mask while you're doing it. Exactly. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. All clips used on this podcast are intended for educational purposes only and not to infringe on any existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.